uh, there's a lot of things you're not going to like. Because guess what? The show's over. We're done. We're done? The last episode has been announced. Well, not exactly. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Your little somber opening this this fortnight, which is that uh, Big Bang Theory has officially come to an end. It will conclude after 12 seasons, which means that this show, the Big Bang Theory Theory, with me, I'm Nick. And I'm Kyle. Will, at the rate we're going, be over in no later than about 10 years. So I'm sorry to announce, uh, prepare your children for the tragedy they will have to confront, much as like when a pet dies, except probably a lot more of a celebratory event. Nonetheless, we're now on a countdown to our own demise. Yes, I think I saw, it's either, I believe it's 279 episodes is the total. I think that is exactly right. Yes. So, this is episode what? 19. <laughs> oh, God. 265 <laughs> weekly episodes left. Oh, and oh, I wish I hadn't done that to myself. <laughs> we only have up to go. We're, we're getting m- more of a connection every time we do this with this wacky cast of characters and the, the more human than human traits they portray. Anyway, we should probably talk about the actual show, huh? Well, I'll leave that to you. What happened in this episode, Nick? Man, it came and went so quickly that it took me a second to remember what the hell we were even talking about. So, episode two of season two... Uh, apparently, Leonard and Penny's relationship has officially ended as quickly as it, the, it began. They went on a date, it didn't work out, and in between episodes, it's over, and they're they're done. And so Penny's dating a new guy. All the dudes are coming back from Ren Fair, and they meet the new guy, and he doesn't talk because he didn't get paid enough to talk for the episode, I guess. And then they're all like, Leonard, oh, you gotta get over Penny, what do you do? You should date somebody. Oh, who's the only other female character in this show? And back comes Leslie Winkle! And I was super pumped! Except... She has fucked too many people. And she's like, ah, you know, Leonard, I think I'm all horned out. And so maybe it's time I get to the fall of my life. And by that, I mean, I'm falling down into a pit of acceptance with you at the bottom. And so then they try dating. It gets serious real quick. But Sheldon hates Leslie. So there's a big fight there that Leonard's caught in the middle of. Sheldon eventually decides that he's going to come to terms with the relationship. There's nothing he can do about it. At which point he gets fight uh, in a fight with Leslie about some theoretical physics issues, which apparently is the boil over point for Leonard and her relationship to end. And everyone ends up in the same place where they started, which I think is necessary if you want to have a solid sitcom capable of infinite reiteration. Yes. On for that, 12 years. Yes. On that note, as you alluded to at some point, like, they're almost, but they're not entirely committed to pretending that, like, everything, like, the status quo is completely reset back to the first season again, in that it's like, you know, Leonard and Penny are just going to, you know, have completely separate lives, and Penny's back to only dating, like, ridiculously hot, ridiculously tall men, and Leonard's being sad and lonely, but we never actually saw... Like, I do remember... The last episode, I don't think we talked about it very much, but they basically, she gets mad at him because he calls her, he kind he kind of calls her stupid. Yeah, I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of community college jokes. Yes. Which don't end with, with this episode. Yes. This was, of course, before the show community made that respectable. Sure it did. And, um, yeah, it's, it's strange. There's, 
apparently a, a, a series of episodes happened in between episode one and two of the second season where their relationship came to a stopping point. They decided that dating wasn't good for either of them, that they were going to remain friends. But they're also both in this position where they need to, the other person needs to know what a good time they're having. Well, that's, I don't, I don't know how true that is to real life, but that is very true to sitcoms because I definitely remember other shows where it's like the character decides that he has to like, yeah, like show that he's winning, winning the breakup. It's a thing that gets talked about, I think, only in sitcoms. I don't think it's a thing that real people do. I've had the experience exactly once. And maybe the the person at issue learned it from sitcoms. Because <laughs> we broke up and she got a call and she's like, let me tell you about all the dates I have lined up. And I was like, congratulations for you. I'm not on that list on purpose. So <laughs> let's move along. Leonard gets back with uh, Leslie Winkle for a little bit there. And Penny is with her new pudding personality boyfriend or whatever who she's not into either because th- th- there's this point where uh, Leonard and Sheldon are, are not, not, oh, no, they, they'll have a date later on uh, Leonard and Leslie have a date and they give themselves they they have the, the good night kiss at the end at the same time Penny and her new boyfriend are coming home having their good night kiss and they have a makeout contest there in the hallway which didn't get nearly as rowdy as I'd like it to it <laughs> yes. ended it ended the second that uh that Leonard very forcibly grabbed Leslie's buttocks. Then she's off into the night. So, uh, Penny, on her end, says, Okay, this is fun, goodbye, and tells this other guy to fuck off. Which is very unpenny. Like, that's... She's she's a bangmaster. And the fact that she's throwing this guy off... Yeah, you would have thought this would have been her moment to like, Oh, finally, I've, I've been training for years. A fuck off, you say? Yeah, oh, I bet she has so many skills... She probably, like, invested a whole lot of points into, like, places fingers go. Like, ah. Uh, that, God. It's like, it's like, yes, I don't have, I don't have a PhD in physics, but this. Yeah, that's, you know. This le- is my doctoral program right here. Level up skill trees, I think, are effective to a point. Because, like, you know, you got to invest some points in one finger. Because even if you don't use it a lot. You can use it, and it's going to be useful sometimes. It's a low-cost investment. You have it for the rest of the time you need it. That's great. And then one time you realize the value of it. And so you're like, oh, God, I know I could be putting points into other things, but I'll go up to two fingers. And you're like, this is great. Why wasn't I doing this the whole time? It can only get better. Then you get up to three fingers, and then you're like, I've wasted energy because <laughs> these just, now it's too many fingers. What am I going to use all these for all the time? I could have put points into, like, using my mouth cooler or things like that. And you can't re-roll. You get that special fist perk if you get up to all five, though. That's true. But, I mean, that's one of those things, like, a real min-maxing thing I'm not into. Because, like, whenever I see no, someone... No, you're definitely a specialist at that point. Yeah, whenever I'm seeing someone get fisted, I'm just like, how many hours did you put into that? I have better things to do. I, I have sex because I enjoy it. Not because I want to impress people with videos I post to the internet. All right? With cool dubstep music from five years ago, and I guess a lot of people make Call of Duty videos. It's falling apart. <laughs> Skill trees, everybody. <laughs> At least we're having a good time. That's, a, that's literally the only thing that matters, because if we did the show because we wanted other people to have a good time, 
Boy, would that be a misguided adventure. That's like, we got to a point in this episode where, um, where we find out that, uh, because this starts with them coming back from a Ren fair, and Sheldon is mad, of course, because too many anachronisms at my Ren fair. I don't understand why everything can't be perfectly historically accurate. I'm going to engineer some bubonic plague just to make things real, real on point here. But then he, 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 uh, he reveals that he's wearing period appropriate underwear. Made out of linen, and uh, Leonard's like, Where, "You went out and bought linen just for your underwear?" And Sheldon's like, "No, don't be, don't be absurd. I borrowed one of your pillowcases." Yeah, which is great for several reasons. <laughs> yes, we were like, "Oh, thank God, we are back on our home turf." Yeah, well, it's I, I very much like because because part of the, the joke is he says he borrowed the pillowcase, and Leonard's like, "Borrowed," which I didn't expect it to go to that next step because it didn't make sense. You, you take a pillowcase, unless he's literally just wrapping it around his body, which I, he very well may be. I think that's, I think he's diapering it. But I, f- I feel like it would need, initially I think it would seem, need some sort of alteration to work as a diaper. But apparently it must be a gigantic enough pillowcase, or Sheldon is really so much skinnier than he even appears, that he's able to wrap it around himself. I, I would, it's, it may very well be a body pillowcase, considering who we're talking about here. Yeah, and then, then what's the issue with Sheldon... Being totally okay with it being linen, but not having to have any issue with the fact that it has some giant anime girl on it all over his all over his loins now, which maybe is why he chose that pillowcase. I don't know, but but that he knows at the time that he's not going to try to sneak it back or anything. He's like he says borrow with the full intention that like he knows that it's going to be on Leonard's face again. <laughs> yes, all of his butt stink. But another thing about the Ren Fair, which this is where I'm having to accept. That the Big Bang Theory is smart, sharp commentary. Well, it, it it knows some things. Yes. That's just there are just some things it knows. Well, because with Sheldon complaining so much about all of the anachronisms, Wallowitz points out it's like it's not about historical accuracy. Okay, say say this for the people in the back. It, it's it's all about chubby girls that work at Kinkos coming out and putting on very tightly strapped corsets. So that their breasts are ready and their cleavage is ready to say hello to everyone. And god damn, has that never been a truer thing said about Ren Fairs? That's like everything else about Ren Fairs is just dressing around that. Because what? You're going to go and you're like, oh, I'm eating a giant fucking turkey leg. I wanted to hang out with a bunch of smelly creeps for three days for this. Okay, I do. So... I only know, like, two people. You're defending your rent. Please do. It's not, it's, I don't spend a lot of time, at, I mean, your av- cleavage is definitely my favorite part of the rent fair, too. So we're on the same page there. I just want to say, we had, like, of the two people I know who, who listen to this show, one of them is very big into rent fairs, and I assume they get other things out of it also. Don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, in the way that you're also eating a turkey leg. You know, you're also spending a day outside. I just want to hit things with swords. That's also fine. But again, you don't need a Renfair to do that. You take a sword anywhere. You have the right as an no, American but then to you're always just, have a sword. Then you're just one of those sword guys. You act as if the guys that go to Renfairs and have swords are a different breed from the sword I, guys. <laughs> some of them are aspiring <laughs> actors, okay? You, you can't buy a sword. And there is no reason to ever own a sword. We are not the weird sword guy. Trent Fisk has established this. It is law. It'll cut no, a baby I, I say, the, it's right a, the fuck open. It's a difference 
if if you are wearing like some kind of mock chainmail and like the cape and thing, versus if you're just a guy who takes pictures of himself in like a leather jacket pretending he's Connor Goddamn McCloud. I mean the, the with his sword, it's different. The facial hair is different. The chainmail is almost the better scenario because the guy that just has the sword, you know is going to be into a lot of hypersexual anime and have a lot of thoughts about whites. Like, it's... <laughs> That's my point! Ugh. That's the guy you don't... You're agreeing with me now! Okay. All right, I'm glad we wrapped it back around. I was close. Anyway, yeah, it, it, but it, titties, rent fairs, <laughs> I don't know. They're great. Also, we get two, we get a, we get a shout-out to Ren Fairs and a shout-out to Comic-Con in this episode. As also a we place do. for intense sexual hijinks. It, yeah, a place where I always feel like I should go and would probably hate. I, I've i never been to the San Diego Comic-Con. Which we have no reason not to anymore. Well, I have the reason that it's fucking impossible to get tickets. But That's true. Anyway, yeah, I guess we can go sometime. But I'm guaranteeing right. it's going to be a lot of people. You're going to be... You're never... You're going to be... You think you would not be self-conscious about how you look if there's anywhere that you I would be comfortable. I don't think that for but a second. <laughs> you look around and everyone is like in these gorgeous outfits and you're still you. It's hard. I'm just saying. you got to brace yourself. It's not the free experience. But I do, but apparently it is, uh, at least in the world of Big Bang Theory, it's where the nerds go to, like, hook up and get the strange. It's, you know, as much as you have issue with me using terms like crushing guts, you having now just said the strange gave me a real serious shiver. That's... Mm. What's wrong? What do you have against the strange? Ah, gross. I you'd like the strange, Nick. Because okay, like you down you've for objected, a healthy... You've objected to the term crushing guts. Because it's violent. That's exactly what I was going to say, on the basis that it's violent. And I'm saying that, to a certain extent, <laughs> sex is a violent act. There's an acceptable amount of it. Uh, thank you, Camille Paglia. Yeah, I, I, I'm incredible, I know. I, God, that's such a... You know, I don't know a lot about her. I just really like her name, and then I'm like, that's as much as I need to know about what she's contributed to feminist theory. Cool name. But what the fuck was I just talking about? The Strange. The st- oh! <laughs> I tried to get it out of my... It's just... Because what does it even mean? Like, define for me The Strange if you can. And along with it, why don't you throw trim in and tell me what... No, that's that's much worse. In my mind, strange and trim are on the same level. And so hearing either of them, I'm just like... Like, I would be more comfortable hearing some fucking degenerate being like, I have to go so I can wipe someone off my face by the end of the night. Than hearing strange or trim. Well, trim is metonymy, and it's disrespectful metonymy. What's strange? I don't know, but it's not it's it's not like code for a body part. It's just like the whole experience. Maybe I'm uncomfortable with the abstract nature of it. Exactly. That's uh, the whole it could be Because crushing guts is so literal that I can get behind that. Yeah. But strange. It's a lot All of kinds that. of ways to get to find the strange. It's a more We all walk the strange in our own way. <laughs> Can, it's not about the destination. It's all about the journey. You know, a lot of podcasts, they get popular. They have names for their fan bases. And I think that's a little silly because I don't ever want to say, like, I'm a such and such. You know, like, I'm no, I'm no murderino. I'm no flopper. I'm none of those. But if I could say, I walk the path of the strange, that I'm into. So, for, hey, seven people who listen to this regularly... 
and the three people who really want to learn something about the Big Bang Theory and are pretty frustrated with what they're hearing right now, <laughs> please tell people from now on that you walk the path of the strange, and that can be the cool code we have. Maybe that's the only way I'm ever going to come to, to terms with that with that term. Anyway, Raj made out with a dude, which is fine. Yes. Well, well, it actually, should be fine. You know, even saying Raj made out with the dude, we don't really know what the full circumstances of that are from the other side. So maybe that's not entirely. Raj made out with someone who appeared to him to be a what was it? A, uh, it was one of the green women from yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek green space babe. Yeah, but was in fact apparently not not. You know, he felt that he had been trapped. I guess is I don't like. Oh man, you know that's. That term, even it's, no, it's transphobic. I know that's the whole thing. This is it's it's a bad transition, but this whole thing is, as I admit, there's just in the middle of this nice episode we were having about you know Renfair boobs and and you know Penny's insecurity that Leonard yes. is dating someone who's as smart as he is. We just randomly got this weird little bit of transphobia. Yes, Raj, Raj being tra- uh, traumatized by making out with someone uh, who I don't know was or was not a lady or had a dick or whatever. And Wallowitz thinking it's the funniest thing. Which, by the way, if you're making out with a sexy space babe and she turns out to have a wiener, that's something that, from the Renfair perspective, would might be a lot to deal with. But I feel like at a Comic-Con, you're like, this is what I've always wanted. Yeah. This is the exact kind of anime that I've been waiting to come into real life. Yeah, it, it's like, it does seem like they were making some allowances to their audience's taste, because I would have just, yeah, you would think you'd just roll with the punches on that one. You'd be yeah. like, I wondered why you were so easy to talk to. A not insignificant portion of people watching this episode stopped for a second <laughs> and looked like, how did they know what I was drawing at the very <laughs> moment I did it? Like, ah, oh, are there cameras watching me? They know their fan base, but they obviously weren't ready to take on the welcoming sexuality of their fan base. Yes. Anyway, Leslie Winkle shows back up. Yeah. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Poor Nick. Every time Leslie shows up, it's like diminishing returns. Well, yeah. But this is... was I think it was the very last episode where we had a little, little chat about Penny's relationship with Leonard and how the reason that they were able to go on a date was Penny... Saying like, well, I'm done with the fun part of my life now. Yes. And should really find find someone stable, boring, find a nice landing strip. And maybe that's the theme for the season. Because along comes Leslie Winkle. And because Leonard's like, I should probably try to have another relationship. A rebound, if nothing else, to move on from from Penny, whose butt I never touched. And so Leslie shows up and she's like, all right, here's what's up. I woke up. With a whole bunch of people on a futon. I'm like, how many times does this keep happening before I should move on with my life? And so she t- she too, the only reason she's interested in Leonard at this point is because she's like, I've had my good times. And now I guess I'd better produce some offspring. And Leonard, you got nothing else going on. You're not going to run on me. So let's just make this happen. And, uh, you know, very brief. Nick hides overly sharing in the personal, uh, personal stories. Uh, I d- Nick's oversharing personal stories. It was so. Brief. I forgot about the song last time, but it's still a thing. It I was- sing every time we do this, if I remember, because we're talking about one of Nick's oversharing personal life stories. But I'm pumped. I was hoping that by prefacing that with brief, I would avoid the need for the song. Yet here we are. We'll never get away from the song, Nick. 
But I, I had a similar experience recently because I'm in my 30s. And so I... You'll I, be at a funeral and giving a eulogy and you'll be like, I just want to tell one story about my life with the deceased. And I will pop out from behind the casket or in the casket well, where I will have been hiding with the dead body. Funerals are less about the deceased than the family members who have to live on. So I'm going to make it all about me, of course. But I... Uh, I dated a lady not too long ago who did a very similar thing. Cause like I'm in my thirties, she's in her thirties and I'm, I'm still like a man child where I'm like, I hope I get to touch some butts or whatever. This lady is very much like, you know, I, I want a real relationship and I want to have kids and everything, which is fine. But it's weird when on the second date, it's like, here is a list of questions that are supposed to indicate whether two people will fall in love with each other. There's 34 of them. Let's answer those as a fun game. Let's start talking about when we're going to have kids. I'm like, I I haven't even seen your butt yet. <laughs> like, just from everything I know about you, you already strike me as a little old to have kids. I was, I mean, you just shape-wise, you just, I don't think well, you... They're not coming out of me, you piece of shit. <laughs> I just I just spent some time with my, with my nephews. And let me tell you, that's some fucking cardio. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. that is like a whole, that will really drain you. I mean, they're lovely children, but that is just like, you know, you could really like, you know, you could train to run like a tough mother, mother, uh, one of those races, you could do CrossFit, or you could have two kids at the same time running around that you're having to chase after. It's like, it's the same number of calories any way you cut it. Yeah, or I could put a Nintendo Switch in front of them and be like, see you when we visit you in college. That's... That's fine. That's how I was raised. Worked out. How it worked out? I'll give them hugs, too. <laughs> I will have a, I'll have an app that reminds me when to hug my children. So while they're lost in their video game worlds, they'll remember that they're supposed to have human attachments. Okay. See? Settled. Easy. Yeah, I'm game. God. I'm trying to get me out of the, 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 the child game because I couldn't keep up with them. This is the modern world. We've got devices for everything. Just need a crate and a switch. What were we talking about? I don't know. What are we ever talking about? Um, I guess we, we were talking about Leslie growing up. Yes. And yes, and and Leonard being like, I actually think, so Penny gets upset when she, and you get mad every time that Penny does this thing where she indicates that she's kind of upset that Leonard is dating someone else. Even she's she, not allowed! Even though she's, but it's obvious, like, I think she's just being very clear about where her... It's like Leonard is her backup guy. She's still in the fuck other people stage of her life and have random sweaty orgies. But she wants to make sure that no one else is... She's like, she's like, I have this guy across the hallway. That's my exit strategy. That's my break glass for when, like, the biological clock explodes inside of me. Yeah. And I have to settle down. It's like no one else is honing in on that. You're right. That's exactly what he is. She just has to make sure that her... Her, like, war rations are still in their box. But it's, uh... The, the relationship with uh, the Leslie comes and goes really quickly. Uh, but part of... Something we really got into, we mentioned really briefly, is it's... I guess kind of like, the, actually, the real primary crux of this episode is that Leslie and Sheldon hate each other. Yes. And so then it becomes a game of what happens to Sheldon when he can't be in the apartment while the person he hates is hanging out with the person that he lives with for reasons that we've yet to really understand. And Penny is trying to talk with Sheldon about how these relationships work and how little control he has over the situation. And there was like a two second window there where I was like, 
these two need to start making out. <laughs> That's the show I want. <laughs> and then it can turn into this like this this weird game of Leonard and uh Leslie sticking together and their bizarre, very calculated relationship, knowing every step uh, up down the path of what they're gonna have. While the relationship between Penny and Sheldon is so weird that this is the first time that Sheldon is willing to let go of anything and just kind of throw caution to the wind. And so they're, they're Leonard and Sheldon, like, we have to, I mean, not Leonard, Le Leonard and Leslie, like, we have to eat these meals together. So you'll be getting the proper nutritional intake for the children that we're going to have when they, when they're born. Uh, meanwhile, Sheldon is like, did you know you can put anything anywhere? <laughs> Like, I'd read so much about sex, but I stayed away from anything alternative because I'm like, what's the point of that? It's, it's Sex is meant for copulation. You can procreate. That's it. There's no purpose outside of it. But uh, I've never... Penny's elbows. <laughs> that's a part of the body that's gone unappreciated. <laughs> Le Leonard, it's incredible. Also, I tried Skittles for the first time. I put more than two in my mouth at once. I, I used to separate the colors out all the time. Then I wouldn't eat them because the sugar content I knew would overwhelm me. But I saw them as a puzzle in front of me. They needed to be solved. And I put more than two in my mouth at once. And they tasted awful. But that's a life experience I needed to have. <laughs> I like this. I mean, first off, you're right. This is a much better, if much stranger show. The, the Penny and Sheldon get together show. But yeah. I also, I like the idea that the only thing that's like... Like, Sheldon has, like, this Jekyll and Hyde switch inside him that can only be unlocked from, like, you know, having a just a really killer orgasm. And the second that happens, yeah. he's like, oh, you know what? I've been taking life too seriously. That's that's what would... He just walks in wearing sunglasses, his hair slightly ruffled, he's like, what's up? That'd be pretty good. I would still like... He would be the theoretical physicist that is cruising around on a skateboard <laughs> and knows more about Fortnite than anyone yeah. in... Well, no, I was going to say, like, of course, someone who's... A physicist is going to know everything about Fortnite. That's the exact... All of a sudden, he's, like, house. <laughs> Except in, like, the physics department. Uh, yeah. He's like, he's like, Dr. Cooper, you're going to blow us all up if you can't... Don't tell me about the goddamn rules! Yeah, he's constantly pounding Valium, and he walks with a limp. <laughs> Not because he has a dead muscle in his leg... But because Penny fucked him so hard that he's like, I'm sorry, it's, I'm, st I'm just always in a constant, subtle state of orgasm. And this shaking is where I was able to focus it. The rest of my body is able to function because I have the capacity and control over myself to center it all on my thigh. And so I can just use a cane to get around while I am just non-stop in the middle of what I like to call the uh sensation. <laughs> So why do Leslie and, and Leonard break up? Oh, yeah. I guess we'll do this real quick, which is when, when Leonard... No, when Sheldon uh, comes in to uh, confront, in a way, Leonard about accepting he and Leslie's relationship. He has to throw a few barbs at Leslie, too, about her, her work not really being up to par. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but like... Quantum gravity loops. Yes. Where Sheldon is so much more of a string theory guy is his means of explaining something I don't understand. Uh, well, Leslie is all about these quantum gravity loops. And then it comes down to Leonard having to decide which theory to choose. And by being a string theory guy, that's too much for Leslie. Because how are we going to raise the children? Yes. 
And obviously, like, that was supposed to be some kind of killer joke. Yeah, it's... is. I mean, it's coded like, you know, well, what if I was Jewish and you were Catholic? What would we do about yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. Lives, but... And, it, and it, was a, it, was a, it was the collective, tepid chuckle of an entire audience looking towards each other and saying, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh... I see what they did there. We do know it is my favorite part of the episode uh, was when uh, Penny comes up the stairs with whatever his name is, and she's trying to explain Schrodinger's cat to him. Right. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is, I mean, that's a believable, it's like you you live across the hall from these people, you know, you date, it makes sense that they rub off on you a little bit, and, and it's slow, but I just like to imagine that process continuing over the course of several years, like... <laughs> She's with her normal friends, and she's just like, ah, yes. It's like, you know, it's uh, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. What you gonna do? Mm -hmm. Everybody's just like, did you have a stroke? Penny, are you okay? Are you speaking demon? Yeah, it's, uh, but it also, I think it speaks to the depth of this series, that she is evolving as a character. God damn you, why did you do this? Through her exposure to to, uh, her neighbors. Because we don't really see how they've developed as people yet. Meanwhile, Penny in the background is growing and learning. Yes, she is incorrect in the name of the experiment and probably cannot actually explain what it does. To be fair, no one can explain what it does. Yeah. But she's she's sharing what she's learned. And part of uh, part of learning is is failure and and learning from your mistakes. She's on the path now. Penny maybe walks the path of the strange. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, one thing that we didn't do last time, and apparently a few people were actually upset that we didn't do it, was getting mad at the name of the episode. And so, do you remember what the name of the episode is? Because we did actually already see it, but we can still be mad about it. Uh, well, you also have it written right there. Hey, I forget what I do all of the time, <laughs> and haven't been looking at any of the notes I wrote for myself. And I was like, am I supposed to pretend that I don't? I don't know. Is no, like, I literally you, forgot you know? I wrote that. I think it's the codpiece topology. What do you know? <laughs> you got it right. And which is strange because as far as I know, nowhere in this I mean I I get the Renfair tie-in, but nowhere in this episode does the word codpiece ever come up. No, yeah, it's it, it's like it's even looser than normal because usually they will directly state some dumb thing that is attached to the title. But this one Again, maybe a sign of this being a smart show is they don't have to talk about a codpiece. You have to infer from the fact that they were at the Ren Affair that one of them must have been wearing a codpiece. And then probably to, then to throw in the word topology is meaningless. There was still no connection. Like no topology, it's like the study of yeah elevation. But even if someone is wearing a codpiece, like what is is when you're talking about the topology of that. Are you trying to draw attention to the contours of the, t- the cod piece? If it's swallow, it's almost certainly. But what else could it be? And there's not, there's no, uh, there's no mention of that either. They're not talking about the the weird fit of medieval undergarments, unless we're talking about Sheldon's diaper, which is decidedly not a cod piece. So I don't know. You know, you you take two steps forward with a hilarious show title and one step back. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. It was a weird one. It was a weird one. We should probably start wrapping up. Okay. I think last time we ended with a happy thought from the week, whether it had to do anything to do with the show or not. But before we get to that, something else we always never do is we have a Twitter to get on. 
do that. Kyle, what's our Twitter? Uh, I believe our Twitter is uh, Big Bang Theory Theory at uh, BB Theory Squared. Squared is spelled out S Q U A R E D. I think that's right. Yeah, and then you can be like one of several other people who don't like me but do like the show. Yeah, so right now there are basically only only a couple of people who interact with us on that Twitter page. And I just want you to know, they have a disproportionate amount of power over the way this show goes right now because they're the only people giving us any feedback at all. Yes. So if you would also, you know, if you would like me on if you would like me to stab Nick Hyde in an episode, I will do it, but you have to tell me to do it on Twitter first, otherwise it's meaningless. Yeah, and if you're if you feel bad about me getting stabbed, realistically, it was going to happen anyway. You'll just be uh deciding when, which if anything does me a favor because then I can at least brace myself for when it happens. Well, it's easy to brace yourself for being stabbed. It's when they pull the knife back out. There's really no preparing for that. Well, but I'm saying if I didn't even see it coming, you know? That's true. Yeah. I, I'll have... I'll, I, the, the pulling out of the knife, I didn't even think that far ahead. All right? But as far as the knife going into me, I want to have that much control over my life. There's nothing I can do about getting stabbed at this point. All right? That's, on, that's just settled and done. But I can at least go... <laughs> before it goes in. So... Uh, we should probably make more ways for people to reach out to us, but we haven't yet. So the Twitter is the way. Or leave reviews on iTunes. We could use a lot more of those. From what I hear from every other podcast that's ever been made, that helps our podcast get visibility. And if you don't like it, it's there forever on the iTunes page. A, a mark of our shame that we can either learn from and move on or wear as a badge of pride as we turn off a lot of other people who listen to our podcast just because they googled Big Bang Theory and hoped for the best. Now, for the happy thoughts. Do you have one in mind? Are you ready to go? I do. Do you? I will by the time you're done with yours. Okay. So my happy thought recommendation of the week is I was able, uh, my brother was able to score a copy of the, this board game called Gloomhaven, which is generally considered to be the greatest board game in the world right now, which is sort of a bold claim. Having played it, it's pretty nice. Pretty nice. It's an incredibly elaborate, ridiculously expensive, but it's not really expensive for the experience. Once you, It's a giant box, and when you buy it, you get it. You, you sort of understand what's going on. But it's basically like a procedural, totally planned out, uh, almost Dungeons & Dragons-like experience that's all determined, like, that's all prearranged in the box. So it has, like, prearranged characters, like maps, boss fights, everything. It's all right, like a campaign that will last like a hundred hours and it's all right there in the box. And you can play it and you will phase out characters and time will advance and the story will plot and you will earn achievements and you will fight boss battles and everything else. But it's all there in the box. It's pretty nifty. As a as an artifact of game design, I was very impressed. It's a little, little complicated when you're first picking it up, but it's actually compared to like learning how to play D&D, it's not at all complicated. So uh so yeah, it's kind of hard to get a hold of right now and it's ridiculously expensive and will take up a huge table, but if you have more than one friend and you can afford it, I would highly recommend it. I'm sure it will become more available as time goes on. You know, I really like the way that you qualified that at the end with if you have more than one friend, because I feel like in most contexts that would be an absurd concern to put forward. But if you're listening to this podcast and are really psyched about playing Gloomhaven, there's a chance you might have to work to get your more than one friend. Well, actually, I say that. I think me and my, my brother, it's definitely, 
it's you can't play it with one person, but you can play it pretty well with two. I think the optimal experience is like three or four, but uh, but two works. Well, I'm I'm gonna share my happy thing, which isn't gonna be great, and is probably gonna be a theme going forward because I'm just a, such a sad sack. But truth is, I had a shitty week, this miserable week. But I did download the most recent of the Tomb Raider games. At least I think it's the most recent, like Rise of the Tomb Raider. And uh, that Rise g- of the Revenge of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, Rise of the Laura Revenge Croft Tomb, uh, which I'm enjoying very much. It's a fun game. I wish there was less combat and more just exploring. It has significantly more tombs than the last one, which is nice. But the thing, my happy thought is the upsetting thing, which is I'm enjoying it a lot. But the most intense experience I had was also, I think, something that makes me wish these games had... I don't care about violence in video games. I think it's great. I don't think a game called Tomb Raider with a 19-year-old, like, unexperienced archaeologist should have periods where I slink out of the mud to strangle somebody with an axe handle and then pull them back into the mud with me so I can drown them before their screams reach the ears of the rest of their friends who I will take out with a combination of arrows, axe blows to the face, and improvised explosives. Something has happened to Tomb Raider (laughs) that I don't approve of. Like I remember in the first Tomb Raider game... I ran away from a dinosaur because it was big and scary in this ancient tomb. I had to I had to avoid ridiculous puzzles that apparently ancient Greeks had prepared for me. And occasionally, occasionally, some evil guy with a gun would show up and I would blast my infinite ammo pistols at him till he went away. I don't even remember if those guys died. A cutscene would happen and I'd be so blown away by the incredibly realistic graphics that I can't even focus on the content that was there. And in these games, Laura Croft has turned into a ruthless assassin, and it's gross. It's a fun game. I like it a lot. Why is this a Tomb Raider game? So, that's my that's my happy thought. My escapism from my shitty week. That's that's fair. Um, it is... I mean, I was gonna... The I think the real answer is that the people... Because that's uh, Ubisoft, right? And they only know how to make one kind of game. And that's the sneak up behind people and ruthlessly stab them and then shoot them with a bow and arrow game. Yeah. But um but I was like it's weird. It's weird who knows that stuff. Like I definitely re- it's weird what you learn in college. I definitely remember the day I was in college and my uh my aikido instructor who's like normally aikido is very like focus your chi and oh, yeah, you're, circles. You, you got to work on your hara. But today it was just like ah I'm bored. I'm going to show you this trick we learned in the Marines where you sneak up behind someone and you break their neck before they can cry out for help. It's really good because if you do it the right way, you crush their larynx. And even if they don't die right away, no air can escape their throat. So there's no, they can, they, they will, they can struggle as much as they want. No one will hear them before they come for help. I'm like, yeah, this is something I need to know. Hey, if, if, if the Red Dawn scenario ever breaks out or I ever have to like break into like a, a government base... I guess this is a good thing for me to have now. I think you're being way too limited in the scenarios in which you'll need to break someone's throat. 